to the Gold Cup hero. Two of the most admirable chasers you could possibly wish to see. Hello and welcome to the to the Race Hour podcast. I'm your host, Dermot Nolan, and this every single day of Cheltenham will just be a bit of a festival snippet from the Race Hour, uh, in association with Bookmakers.co.uk and TonyBet.com, all the way through the 2021 Cheltenham Festival. Unfortunately, I am your host today, as uh, Dean Ryan is unavailable until Thursday, so we just need to uh, to rock on with it. But a man who is in form as Vintage Clouds, a 28-1, to 1, tipped up on this podcast last week, David Weldon. How are you? How are you, Dermo? You well? Good all day good, so far. all good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a good winner for you. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, it, it wasn't keen on today. There was a lot of short price fancies around, so he was, he was a decent bet. So it was good to have him on, on board and get off the, off the festival uh, blacklist, as I say. There wasn't there wasn't one section of that race day where I wasn't the most arrogant man in all of Ireland thinking <laughs> and happy go lucky but I think happy go lucky does four or five kind of scratchy jumps because like vintage cloud the old boy he he jumped everything perfectly yeah he just kept going like he, you knew he was going to stay and you knew he was going to run out to the line and happy go lucky at, at a festival kind of handicap pace you weren't entirely sure that was the one question yeah. mark as well as you had so um he kind of once he jumped the last i knew he was at home and house and i didn't even think you there to be honest <laughs> <laughs> i understand that completely but uh, just to move on to the other races uh, dave appreciated he was like that was outrageous it was unbelievable i don't think anyone really saw that that performance coming um to win by i think it was 24 lengths in the end was was unbelievable um and he didn't make any resemblance of an error or he was foot perfect um and the rest really had no chance like i know blue lord falling at the last kind of extenuated the winning distance but he was in a different league and the time was unbelievable absolutely unbelievable and the ground obviously has come up now it it's proper good to soft there you can see it so the um the ground itself was very interesting market come to the festival because it went off soft technically but all the times are good to soft yeah the, and I, I bound to with you about that there I texted you yesterday saying lads we should get on this 4-1 four, 5-1 four to to shot about soft ground it's going to be soft <laughs> no not a chance not a chance and it went off soft it cost the first winner of the week lads <laughs> and then to move on from the outrageous 2D sublime Dave um, Shishkin first 6-7 four lines he could have been a small bit worried about him but Really reminds me of Altior. Just once he gets going at all and can sniff that the the race is reaching its conclusion, he just powers away, doesn't he? Yeah, it was a, an excellent performance. He jumped fence to fence. I, the people I listened to racing TV there earlier on, and they were saying you'd be worried in the first six furlongs, like you said there. But to me, there was no issues. Like he was always traveling the best. He was always going within his comfort zone, and he picked up beautifully after the line. And then like the front two, really killed themselves in front. Like it was a bit mad from Rachel. I thought to. Uh, go up and tackle on mankind like that obviously that was the plan but um, he really took away his chances but um, it's a shame Ernergamine wasn't there but Shishkin looks like an absolute world beer that's it so we are recording this podcast at um, 18 minutes past 3 on the uh, Tuesday Chatham so the, the last race that we did see was Honeysuckle Dave we've been huge fans myself and Dean deserted her once we won't ever do it again whilst we all had each way fancies for this race Honeysuckle was the uh, the running note all the way through the uh, race our podcast as the most likely winner 
And she wasn't just the most likely winner. She destroyed them. And again, Henry de Bromhead, uh, a bit of a sneaky gamble, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a bit real punt. Like from yesterday, once the prices, the day prices kind of went up, the early prices last night, she was just backed and back. I think she opened two to one in a place and she was just backed and backed and like, touched even money at one stage drifted a little bit back out but yeah it was some serious performance I thought now coming down the hill maybe she was in a slight bit of bother she looked to be hitting a flat spot maybe they were getting a bit pacey for her um, but she just picked back up on the bridle and away she went and they were never going to get near her it was an unbelievable performance and such confidence as well from Rachel Blackmore um, fantastic for Henry fantastic for Rachel fantastic for Kenny Alexander to have such a wonderful mare and the world is literally at her feet she could do anything next year yeah, I mean, you know, we've been loving her. She obviously broke her heart the first year when she didn't quite make that uh, that yeah. novice hurdle. But, you know, we've been in love with her now for a long time on this podcast. And to be honest, what she's doing now, though, Dave, is um, it's surpassing anything, though, that um, even the, the, the most ardent fans like us uh, could have expected because she's she's just blowing horses out of the water. Big time. Like, she, like she's beating Charger, um, who finished second last year and was in good form earlier on in the year. She blew him out of water. Epitant ran a, a race back to form. He was gone. Um, now, the only thing you can say is Abercadabras did fall and Goshen hasn't run his race at all. You can see that. Like, he's hung and maybe yeah, something that, miss with him. Like, so that course that, at Chelham is definitely not for him. That's, no, it's not. It's no, way it, too turny, yeah. 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 yeah, he needs to go right-handed and uh, tracks like you with Canton and stuff like that. But like that kind of detracts from him a little bit. But I don't think it would have bothered her at all um, I, she's just in a different league it's just amazing and it's vindication you know when you pick a horse like I loved her from her bumper I, I remember watching her bumper I can't remember where it is now but and she just powered away from them and thought geez that's a good horse and followed her since then and it's just vindication when they go on to do something like this yeah. um, it's just it's an amazing feeling Like, and I think I got a bigger buzz out of her than I did uh, vintage clouds winning you know because it was so easy <laughs> and just so um, no financial interest really in it because she was so short but it's just brilliant absolutely brilliant it is, and Henry de Bromheads and Willie Mullins' horses, as always, the both sets of horses seem to be running out of their skins as well, because I know Captain Guinness threw it away nearly, in a way, but he still ran a blinder, and you've oh, got he did, yeah. there again, you know, so yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, they're it's, flying. Uh, ominous signs for the bookmakers as a uh, yeah. concertista approaches as well, because you imagine a lot of people have that four-timer done. Yeah, yeah I left the funny so out, because I was just worried about the, the quality of the race, and I just left concertista <laughs> in, but sure, I won't, I won't give out. I left that race completely alone, but now I'm cheering for Concertista because of that yeah. double we did before the Irish champion hurdle. Of, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. Concertista, yeah. So that, that's a roundup now of um, all the action on day one. So we'll take a quick commercial break and we'll be back then to, to tip up all the brilliant action on, the, on day two of the Cheltenham Festival. You're listening to the Race Hour Podcast in association with bookmakers.co.uk. Brought to you by Tony Beck. For Cheltenham Festival 2021. Cheltenham 21 on the Race Hour. Brought to you by Tony Bett. Welcome back to the Race Hour podcast. This is your uh, daily segment. Every single day of the Cheltenham Festival where we look at the previous day's action. And of course, try to tip up a few winners for the following day. Dave, the very first race, we've gone from one... Henry de Bromhead hot pot to another. Bob Ollinger is shortening every single time that I look at him. Um, six to four is the best price now available for him. He's been called a God-given certainty. He's been called every single name that there is to uh, to make this horse an absolute sure thing tomorrow. Are you as confident? I wouldn't be as confident, no, but I'm, I'm starting to come around to it. Um, like On a line through how highly they rated Fernie Hollow, 
over hurdles and what we've just seen from appreciated in the Supreme, it kind of makes you think, what what is Fernie Hollow? And Bob Ollinger ran him very close in, in a, a maiden hurdle. Um, I, I think he could be just as good. And I, I think he is the most likely winner, all right. Um, that's something to take away from Gallard de Mesnil. He's a good horse and he's good form. Um, but I think Bob Ollinger could be another another superstar to be to grace the Shetland turf. Yeah, the uh, the front tree. I'd be if I was a brave man's game backer now. He could be miles clear, but just how 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 much those novices were really kicked out of the way by the Irish because you know by all right it would have been an Irish one two three with Blue Lord um and Bally Adam really um yeah. so you know behind them the English novices were a good distance behind considering that Bally Adam basically stopped and still managed to get back up for second so I'd be quite concerned for him but no I'm still very very keen on Gayard de Mainil. I'll be watching very early and hoping that he um he settles because that's the big thing with him if he doesn't settle early Bob Ollinger could well just run him into the floor but is, it, is, the, is the hood still on Dermo is it the hood is still on yes yeah, yeah. okay so yeah yeah very so good. That's, that, that's a big help and so hopefully now he settles because that that could really be an absolute cracker uh, moving on then Dave the, the next race looks I don't I didn't even have an interest in finding an each way bet there in the 155 Brown Advisory Novices Chase at Cheltenham. Monkfish is a best price of 4 to 11. He just wins, doesn't he, Dave? Yeah, he does. Yeah, the race cut up. Um, the case, we see how next destination gets on later on. That will give you a line into um, the English form, but I, I have no interest in having a bet in the race or even trying to find one without it. Um, it's Monkfish is to lose, and hopefully he'll go on to win, and hopefully we'll get someone with big big dollars to put up a two and a half mile race of punches down with. With the three big novices in it. It really would be something else, wouldn't it? Because Monkfish has already shown as well that he can drop back no problem. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, no. It really would imagine that a punch is on Dear God. Am I, they, they wouldn't be able to keep us out with all no, trying to no, get to watch that. Exactly. Um, moving on then, Dave, to the uh, Coral Cup. If the last race was a short thing, this is anything but. Uh, Stephen Cass's Napa the Festival, I think, was uh, was Grand Wa. Um and um I quite like Birchdale in this at sixteen to one. I love a horse coming back to this handicap again. I thought Birchdale ran a big race last year in eight when you actually watch it back. Um so he'd be one that I'm very interested in, Dave. But who do you have your eye on here? Yeah, he, like Nicky Henderson has a great record in this race as well, and um as we see him with Shishkin, he, he ran very well in Epitant as well, so the form of the yard is looking strong. Um he's Janik in there with a big price that I was chatting to someone about who who really fancies him. Um, if the likes of Craig Nish, who won a Asco handicap last time, he won it very impressively, and he's very unexposing. Paddy Aspel likes that horse as well, so he could have a big chance. And there's interesting money coming from Blue Sari. Um, he was about 20 to one shot before Dex. He's now into 12 to one. Mark Walsh rides for him, and the first time tongue tie is very interesting for a horse who ran Envoy Allen so close in a bumper last year. Um, it, listen, this is wide open. I think a Tommy Darts, Craig Nish, and I like you, Birchdale, I like him. Um, it, but it is wide open. Um, and if you get the winner of the Coral Cup, you're having a good week. <laughs> you, you most certainly are. That the uh, Coral Cup can turn what is a a difficult week into an absolutely brilliant exactly. one. Um, moving on then to the uh, Queen Mother Champion Chase, we have another short pot here in Check and Persuade. No course experience, obviously, being a bit of a negative, Dave, but he probably is eight or ten uh, pounds at the very least. Clear at ease. I fancy put the kettle on to run a big race, but she's she's nine to one now. She's been found plenty by the market. Uh, what's your take on this race? Yeah, I think Shackham wins. Um, trying to find what follows him home isn't an easy task. Um, first of all, I think you can rule him out based on what the ground is now. 
Celios Emery has always looked a good horse, but he's usually overbet. But he's 18 to 1 at the moment, so he could be interesting with Brian Cooper on. The one I really like is Rouge Fifth at a big price each way. Um, the ground has come perfect for him. He put up a serious figure um, back in October when the ground was good. So I'm hoping he'll run a big race, but I think Shakan wins, and I think he probably wins well. Um, and I hope he wins well because he's a good horse and he's nine years old now, so this is probably his last chance to really do it and really put up a serious number. So hopefully Shakan wins and Rouge Fifth can follow him home. Absolutely perfection. Dave, the next race, Dave, the, the cross-country, I've never been able to uh, read the form, so I'm hoping that you have won here. Easy's Land hasn't had the perfect prep. Tiger Roll hasn't had the perfect prep. If you really wanted to find one here, Balco de Flow could be maybe interesting, but how many times have we backed these horses running over the cross-country fences and they hate it? It's a very hard race to get your get a handle on, Dave. It is, big time. Uh, I think Kingswell Theatre maybe at a big price uh, for, for Scudamore's. He's twenty-five to one. He beat Easy's Land back. I think it was October at that meeting. Um, now he was getting a lot of weight, and they're off levels here today. But he obviously likes the track um, and likes the course, so I think he might have a big price at twenty-five to one. Really, all I'm looking for in this race, Dermo, is Tiger All to show some sort of um, some some that the fire still burns a little bit. Um, hopefully, he can run to some level to to show what a good horse he is, and maybe go out on a high. That would be great. It's um, hard to see, but it would yeah. be, especially now, though, the ground has come right for him. So there's there's absolutely no excuse now. So it would be great for him and, of course, for um, for Keith Dunhu, who absolutely yeah. more than deserves it. Um, so moving on now to the 4.15 at Cheltenham. This is the Johnny Henderson Grand Annual Challenge Cup Handicap Chase. Um, and Bitter Dave has been a long-term fancy of yours and mine. Uh, yours a bit longer. Um, he's now six to one. He's been well found in the market. And the one that I put up uh, for a few weeks now, chosen mate, has gone from sixteens into eight to one. He'll he'll appreciate the ground. And Jordan Gamefer claims those those seven pounds. But Dave, as always, there's another ten in here that you get back, and you wouldn't find the winner. It's a serious renewal, isn't it? Yes, yeah, it's a great race. Now it's, uh, I'm not sure about it. It's going to be run on the old course as well, which is more towards pace horses um, than the new course. So that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. But um, yeah, embittered for all like he he's been running in greater races. He's handicap on that. Go back to his count run last year. He's a right chance, but as you say, he's well found, and um, you won't be long to the poor house back in six to one chances in the in the annual every year. But uh, at, at a big price, Amula Gold, who was very progressive to start of the season, um, is still well handicapped based on his form behind first flow, and I think he will uh, appreciate the better ground. Bridget Andrews gets on really well with the horse. Um, it's about a 16 to 1 chance that could maybe hit the frame but a uh, hat tip to you Dermot for, for backing your instincts and, and taking on Chosen Mate early on because you've definitely got a price there hopefully Dave but again um, as I learned with Happy Go Lucky it, it yeah. doesn't matter at Cheltenham really um, and then the last race Dave that's another race that I don't really back uh, back horses in all that much it is the champion bumper Kilcrut is your 7 to 4 favourite Sir Gerhard is 9 to 4 then you've got straight Three stripe life for Jack Kennedy and Sneezy Foster at eight to one. Ramily um, and the rest are sixteen to one bar. Who would you fancy here, Dave? I it wouldn't be a strong fancy now, Darren. Like the front two are probably good horses and are ones to look forward to. Um, Kilcrut put up a serious performance the last day at Leopardstown. That kind of backs into Sir Gerhard. Um, I'd probably back probably three stripe life each way, maybe at eight to one. He put up a good performance the last day, and maybe Ramirez as well, because I know Willie Mullins really likes him and um, thought he was better than Kilcrut the last day. So, it, like the bumper, you see short price favourites beating it a, a lot, a lot, a lot of times. Like um, 
appreciate it was beaten last year by Fernie Hollow. So take a chance on one at a big price. Maybe Ramirez at 16-1 might be the one to kind of upset the apple cart. Yeah, I actually thought Grangey in that, if I was going to have a punt, it might be her at 25s. Um, yeah, and Mary's had a good record in it recently as well. So Yeah, yeah, yeah that was a good performance last time. And it's not all that long ago either that uh, Kitty Walsh won this on um, on Relegate. Yeah. But she wasn't overly fancied either. So you never know, um, but that is the way. So Dave, if I had to push you, my best bet for, for day two of Cheltenham is, of course... Gayard de Mayneil, who would be your best bet? Um, well, I've been sticking with him Bernard for a while, and I think I have him for day two on the podcast, so I want to deserve him now. I think he's a right chance, and he's well handicapped, so I'm bitter than the Grand Daniel. Absolutely perfect. So again, folks, that is it for the first of our Cheltenham Festival weekly podcast. We're here every week, every day. It will be less than 20 minutes or so. We just absolutely fly through it, and the uh, very best of luck with all your bets. With thanks to bookmakers.co.uk and our friends at tonybet.com this episode of the race hour was brought to you by tony bet our cheltenham festival sponsors for 2021 and whether it's the latest trends or hottest festival tips don't forget to visit bookmakers.co.uk where you'll be covered with top-notch insight before and throughout the week the cheltenham festival 21 on the race hour brought to you by tony bet